Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Support WrestleTalk. Donate on Patreon. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm so tense. I feel like I've been I've been tensing all my muscles for an hour, probably because I have been tensing all my muscles for an hour. We just did our first live stream together. Yes, well, because I've already done one. I'm, I'm well, that, a bit, that's I'm, why I'm, I said together. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a veteran at it now. Oh yeah, after yeah. your one, exactly after my chopper. one. Yep, it was pretty good. Uh, so yeah, so you haven't heard it yet, I guess, guys, because the it comes after this. My brain's frazzled. <laughs> you seemed so on edge at the start of the show. You suddenly you had this look of realization on your face that we're live, mm. we're live, pal, and you didn't know what to do with all of that nervous energy. So yeah. you just kept just kept going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That in doubt, when in doubt, just keep talking mm-hmm. and hope that people will pay money on the super chat yeah that 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 was i was just one eye on the dollars uh yeah it was uh i don't know what it is it's there's something about live that puts the fear of god in me hopefully live streaming twice a week will stop that i also think as well we were a bit we didn't really know if it was going to work because we couldn't get it to schedule properly last time and this time it did work but the tv volume was up so it was making we were kind of listening to ourselves it was very awkward at the start. You won't hear that in the podcast. I'll have edited all no, of that out. No. no, you can, but you can check out the awkwardness yeah. <laughs> when the finished version has processed Absolutely, on the YouTube yeah. channel. Uh, yeah, I guess that's going to be because usually the way we do things is we record the Wrestle Ramble at like half eleven midday. That takes an enormous amount of time to render and upload because it's such a long file. Which is why the the, the episode doesn't go live until what seven, seven o'clock, eight yeah. p.m. Uh, but the podcast goes up way before then. 
because that's easy to just knock out because it's all audio. But it's now going to be slightly delayed. But the... now the, the video version is first. Yeah. Because it's in real time. Exactly. How exciting. Someone did email me saying like, mm, can you get the podcast out though? Because otherwise it will ruin my Tuesday commute. Mm. So I need to make sure that I can get that podcast nicely edited. When when does it when does he need it by then? Um, uh, they did not specify, uh, but I am going to endeavour to get it out as quickly as I possibly can. Yeah, it shouldn't take too long. It, no, it won't take me long at all. You, you've just got to remember, folks. It's going to make it so much easier. Well, mainly on you because you do all the the exporting and, and stuff. Mm. It's good. It's a good change. It's good. Change, it's a new change era. Is good. It is a new era. We it are now one with Screen Stalker. Mm. Um, which also means if you're a fan of podcasts, there'll be more podcasts featuring our voices yeah. coming soon. Talking about different things. Yeah, not sure when. We haven't actually discussed that yet. We always need to discuss what we're going to do for <coughs> over WrestleMania mm. uh, weekend as well in terms of putting together a schedule. So many plans. Yes. So, so many ideas that I'm putting off <laughs> from thinking about. Well, this one uh, email comes in from Paul, uh, who says, Happy spring, Luke, Ollie, and El Fakador. The rest of you can stay in winter where you belong. After hearing Ollie's lovely couple spa day, Ollie was, worrying, Ollie was wondering why you need a lot of water after a massage. Mm. I think it's pseudoscience. The scientific reasoning, uh, okay. as Paul puts it, the scientific reasoning behind this is due to lymphatic drainage. Mm. The, lymphs, the lymph system transports the waste products, including toxins, away from the muscles and back to the cardiovascular system to be expelled from the body. The lymph system is 95% water. The real reason is because teeny tiny fairies, all named Randy, fly over your body during a massage to wash <laughs> away all the toxins from your body. Unfortunately, the teeny tiny fairies get very thirsty and have to drain off your, your uh. hydrations they can get. Uh, they can fly off for the next person. Uh, now that I think of it, for the one second, that might be an eighty percent fact. I didn't check it. Thanks Wait, for the which one's the eighty percent fact? The, uh, the second, the second one. Yeah. Okay. So the lymph stuff. I think I've heard that before. Problem is, it's always been coupled with, oh, please buy this salt rock crystal that will help cure your asthma. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of it's hard to pick out what's the what's the hundred percenters. Yes, no, I, I agree with that one. Uh, my my mother uh, suffers terribly from migraines, um, and she was told by someone, a friend of hers, that she should have this rock on her uh, bedside table. It was this like pink crystal rock. And apparently, is it that, quartz. I'm a Scooby Doo. I just remember. Like I just remember quartz. it being this pink crystal rock that was supposed to <laughs> stop her from getting migraines. Did she try it out? Well, yeah, she had it on her on her desk. Did it work? No, she's still got migraines because uh, that's a load of gubbins. You need to hit it on your head. In the same way and that you, you with your lavender makes you 0.5% more productive or whatever it was. First of all, it's geranium oil. <laughs> um, and so, of course, we're all one big happy family now. Uh, we've spoken about apple cider vinegar, haven't we, on this podcast? I think we probably have, yeah. Apple cider vinegar. That might have been on the Patreon podcast, but yeah. Apple cider vinegar is a sort of it's it's a it's a horrible tasting drink because it's vinegar essentially, and the people have it to sort of help their immune system. It's a, it's very good. St I can't. Look, it lowers your blood sugar levels after eating. That's mm -hmm. what I know it's useful for. But people say other things anyway. So I've been putting that in my water for what like a month now. Everyone makes fun of me. Luke, Laurie, Andy, Pete are all like, why you got you why you got funny flavoured water? We're not making fun of you for your funny flavoured water. We're just making fun of you because it's just the next thing in a long line of things that you have read about. And then when we ask you, you can't remember the thing that you read and what it does for you. I so 
who walks in today, but SoCal Val. And she sees my big bottle on my desk of apple cider vinegar. And she goes, oh my God, yo. That's how she speaks. It's perfect impression. Oh my God, yo. That's that's the best. That's the <laughs> best apple cider. Yes, yes. It improves your health. Awesome, 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 awesome. And uh, yeah, I was like, see that, guys? I'm right. Well, because SoCal Val said you were right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, fair yeah. enough. Well, on that subject, let's have a rest talk get better. This one comes in from Johans. 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 Yeah. Yo. Yo. I'm going to say Johans. I'm going to say Johans. Johans. Uh, hello, Luke, Ollie, Fakador, and literally everyone else on the planet except Randolph the Red Nosed Datsun. <laughs> About a year ago, I discovered your podcast after going through a rough breakup with my, at the time, on and off again girlfriend. You see, my daily commutes to and from work were sometimes I'd take well over an hour depending on traffic, and I needed something to take off my mind off everything going on with her. And I discovered you guys, you really are a cure for depression, except those episodes after a bad night of Raw. Mm, yeah, those, and the one was like very negative on yeah, the show. We yeah. can't be held responsible for people's depression when we don't like shows. <laughs> I don't know if he's holding us responsible. I think he's just saying that when you're trying... very accusatory. I don't think it was very uh, accusatory. Uh, Fast forward a year, and uh, and I'm doing much better now. Hearing all of the Rest Talk Get Better stories inspired me to get back into the gym and work on making myself get better as well. I'm I'm two months into doing a CrossFit course, and I absolutely love it. I also started doing meal prep about a month ago. I'm seeing fantastic results, and it inspires me to keep working hard. I also signed up for a Spartan race next month, and I plan on doing two more by the end of the year to complete my goal of earning a Spartan trifecta. You earn it by completing three races in one calendar year, one five mile, one eight mile, and one 12 plus mile. I've also been giving some thought of going fully vegan. I think Daniel Bryan got to me, but I'm worried that I'll struggle to maintain my current 2,500 calorie per day diet, and more importantly, my 150 grams of protein per day. I had a friend suggest me going pescatarian so I could at least keep get my protein from fish. Maybe Luke can give me some input on this. Love you guys. Keep up the consistent, consistent work. Johans. Congratulations, Congratulations. Johans. That sounds like great work. Yeah, I, was, I apologize, like, and apologize if I said your name wrong. There's nothing like replacing a breakup girlfriend with, a, with, with throwing yourself into a new self-improvement endeavor. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, on the vegan side of things, I don't know if I can help you keep up your calorie intake and your protein that you need because I don't, I've never really looked into things like that, so I wouldn't know uh, on that one. Um, beans. You know, tofu. Just saying, saying foods. I'm just saying words, yeah. Um, <laughs> sauce. Um, maybe they've got. <laughs> maybe that's got protein in it that you need. I don't know. The sauce. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, um, it might have calories. Yeah, put some protein sauce on your on your chips. Oh, I'm I'm always about that. Yeah, so it's an easy meal. Mm-hmm. Uh, vegan. It's tough. Tough to get protein. Huel? You can have hemp. So vegan. Yeah, yeah. Huel is uh, vegan. Is Where's that is from? that is that protein? Yeah, it has protein in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Is it a calorie um, thing? Uh, you can. I mean, Huel is just so. Once I had Zach uh, Zach Saber Junior in the back of my car, <laughs> and I, I was talking to him about how he consumes, how he gets enough calories from his vegan diet, and he said, "Mate, Nutribullet." And I said, "What do you mean Nutribullet?" He said, "Nuts, vegetables. It's like you can make really calorific shakes." with chia seeds, sunflower seeds. So you can just like knock back a shake at 3 p.m. And that could be a thousand calorie shake because you've got so many nuts and bits like that in there, which is super good for you. 
uh, good fats, healthy fats. So it turns out uh, Luke cannot help you on that. Ollie can't help you either. But Zack Sabre Jr. can certainly help you out. Trust in Zack. Always trust in Zack. Um, yeah, and also that's, I don't know what a Spartan thing is, but doing like a big five, like doing all those miles sounds like a lot. It's like, it's like a tough mudder. Okay. Uh, we've got another uh, get better here. This comes in from James. It says, hello, Luke, Ollie, Laurie, and the SWAF Nation. Uh, after dealing, uh, Luke, after detailing your new workout, I thought I'd share a link that has uh, me on my own path to getting better. I started following Stevie Richards on Facebook for some <laughs> uh, tech info regarding headphones and computers, etc. Last year, he made the jump to fitness, and his workouts are quite good. Well, Stevie Richards... As in right to censor, Stevie Richards. Really? The right to censor! Yeah, that guy. He's... He started following him for audio equipment advice. Tech advice, yeah. What's what's Stevie Richards doing now? Well, I don't know. I suppose the same way that um, Drake Maverick uh, is doing movie reviews on his Twitter feed. Oh, okay. Uh, he uses resistant bands that require minimal room and, very, uh, at the very least, a doorway. I've included some images of his page as well as a link. If you are interested, I've emailed him a couple of times with health questions, and he's always quick to respond with advice. Good luck on your road to Wellsville. That comes in from James. Well, thank you very much, James, for sending that in. Um, but we do have to crack into the show again because this is a learning period for us with the live stream I don't know how it's always going to sound podcast wise but it will be better very very soon I, I can promise you that we're going to give Randy a microphone so we can you can at least hear him uh, chiming in with things and format wise format wise if, like stuff doesn't work at the moment because we can't take breaks now yeah. there's no like jingle bits in between so, but I'll abandon jingle bits in. Yeah, well, we'll tinker. Oh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, no, I, I, the podcast will feel the same, mm. but the actual content in between the jingles might feel a bit disjointed just because of the new nature thing. But I'm sure it'll be fine. Here is the show. Nobody wants it to happen. Uh, Wrestle votes have said that WWE is reconsidering the idea of having this match because of the vast negative reaction to it when it was announced on last... No, two weeks ago now. It was last week. It was last week. Last week it was announced that it was going to be... Kurt Angle came out and said, I was able to handpick my last match opponent and I have handpicked Baron Corbin. Booze from the crowd... And then it was uh, Justin Labar was the first to report that, guys, this match isn't going to happen. They're just setting this match up so you get angry and then you'll be happy when a better match actually takes place. Mm. But uh, Dave Meltzer and Mike Johnson of PW Insider were saying, no, no, this is the plan. My favorite bit was the report that WWE were actually caught off guard. That was the WrestleVotes report, yeah. They said... By this being a bad thing. They reported that the match was now being reconsidered because they didn't expect this kind of backlash for Kurt's last match. Mm, because, you know, Kurt Angle, one of the best in-ring wrestlers and best characters, certainly, of the Attitude Era, and, well, the bit that came afterwards, my personal favourite wrestler of all time, I idolised him as a kid. And you think of all the classic feuds and opponents he could go out on. And... Not just WWE select Baron Corbin as his final opponent, but the idea that that decision came from Kurt himself in kayfabe is just reprehensible and very insulting to Kurt as a performer and us as fans. So now there's been so much negative reaction against this idea that John Cena seems to be lobbying for the match to be changed, particularly with him replacing Baron. He's on Instagram, he's been 
posting a few weird memes. Yeah, calling him a dumpster fire, and I think he did another one uh, today. I don't really know what the grams are. So, uh, yeah, the grams a strange place, and nowhere is stranger on the gram than John Cena's gram. Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's weird. It's, What's John Cena's gram like? I mean, it's like someone took an in joke and then made it meta. So it, wow. there's so many levels of obscurity and different references going on in John Cena's world of the gram mm-hmm. that it makes no sense anymore. Crikey. Yeah. Um, but also, Kurt, uh, sorry, Dave Meltzer has said that what's going to play out over the next, well, two weeks really, is the matches... One more week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> is the matches that Angle wants to do. The matches he wants to wrestle. That's why... Out of nowhere, we got Samoa Joe versus Kurt on last night's episode. And while we get, why we're getting AJ Styles versus Kurt Angle and on tonight's episode of SmackDown. And Rey Mysterio <coughs> on next Monday's Raw. Yeah, those are classic opponents for Kurt Angle. And apparently, yeah, Dave Meltzer said that's his retirement make good tour. Mm. And still the plan at the moment is to face Baron Corbin. Now, how this played out on the actual show, uh, the episode of Raw last night. Just one more thing, because we we didn't quite get to the the new report, Mm. uh, which came from Raja. Uh, I think this was over the weekend, where they are saying that it is, as of the weekend, it is still the plan to do Angle versus Corbin at Mania, but there are people backstage, particularly Kurt Angle, who are lobbying for the match to be changed. Mm. However, WWE see all this heat as only a good thing for Baron Corbin. (sighs) It's the wrong message to take from this situation. Only WWE could see this. Yeah. First of all, be caught off guard that it's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. And then go, well, you know, maybe this is going to... Because Baron really needs... He just needs a little bit more to be pushed into the main event. This is... I love Baron Corbin. I love the way... I love, like, his little spots he does in matches. I think the Deep Six is beautiful. End of day is awesome. The running around the turnbuckle. Great. But... He is mid-card. He is not a main eventer. Some guys are just mid Look at the suit he wrestles in. <laughs> You're not going to main event Mania with that. Absolutely. You are not going to main event WrestleMania dressed like a snooker player. Uh, and, of course, he lost to Apollo Crews last week. Ah, but he beat him this ah, week. Well, that's, yeah, because you've got to start building him up against Kurt now, haven't you? Yeah. So, yeah, but Baron Corbin had a match against Apollo Crews. Apollo didn't get an entrance. Uh, but Baron got a considerable entrance. He had a lot of his accolades being run off. Yeah. Former acting Raw general manager, former United States champion. Former Golden Gloves boxing champion, former uh, Money in the Bank, mm. former something else, I think. Money in the Bank loser. Yeah, I was, yeah you skip over that bit, yeah. don't you? Uh, and, yeah, but he came out. That was a good way to get heat. And undeniably, this is all a good way to get Baron Heat. But this is Kurt Angle's retirement match. Well, that's, that's the problem. The with focus really, shouldn't it? be on Baron Corbin here. Or trying to get Baron Corbin over at this point. But, but like that, that's not to say the idea of getting over a newer talent isn't, is a bad thing with Kurt's retirement. Because if this, if this was with Chad Gable, mm. I think everyone's opinions would be reversed on this. Or if it was with Drew McIntyre, who just looked at him and said, like, what you're doing is so sad and pathetic because you're having this, quote, retirement tour and having bad matches against people. You've been holding people down for years. It's time for a new generation. I'm not... This this isn't going to be your final match because you choose it. It's your final match because I'm going to make sure it's your final match. Someone who was doing this because they want to retire Kadanga, as opposed to Baron Corbin, is just like, "I, I guess I'll do it then. Mm. because Kurt Angle wanted it. 
So we got Kurt's last match. <coughs> Excuse me. We got Kurt's last match in Boston on this show as part of his retirement tour, and he cut a promo earlier in the night thanking Samoa Joe for coming across. Yes. Brand split. LOL. LOL. SmackDown star Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, yeah, we got Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. I didn't see the announcement earlier in the day that this was going to be a match. So when they announced this on Raw, I was extremely excited. It wasn't a good match. I will say this. I did like the opening of the match. It's one of those things where they kept saying throughout the show, oh, they've got a very storied history, but this is the first time they've ever wrestled in WWE. And it's almost one of those moments where you're like, if you'd have thought about this in advance, you would have contacted Impact to get some footage like you do on the network. Yeah. And air some of the old TNA footage of them having matches to hype this up and build something around this. Whereas this almost felt like it was decided over the weekend, ah, oh, we'll do Joe Angle on Raw. Um, we'll just say they've got a storied history. Yeah, totally. Um, but what I did like is the very first moment of this was Joe headbutting Angle. The complete mirror. After the face-off. Yeah, they have a face-off and Joe headbutts him. A mirror of Angle coming into TNA, going face-to-face with Samoa Joe. And the first thing he's doing is headbutting him, busting him open in the face. One of the most awesome and memorable images of TNA in 2006, <laughs> 2005, 2006. Just a, a brilliant, brilliant moment, 2006 and 2007, really. That was a, a, an amazing moment. So I liked that sort of mirror image. And then Joe tried to suplex Angle, and it was a bit sad. Yeah, it was... It was Joe wrestling a match by himself, really. And I, it, it is baffling because about, well, two years ago, well, at WrestleMania 34, Kurt had a very good showing in the match. Granted, there were a lot of smoke and mirrors in that tag match, and Triple H was also carrying a lot of the action. But Angle was really competent in that role. And the year before that, when he was on the Indies and wrestling for what was then What Culture Pro Wrestling and around other companies... And ICW as well, I believe, he was having really good matches, like solid matches that at this stage in the career, his career he should be having. Yeah. And he put on he put over like Joe Hendry and Drew McIntyre on those shows. And here he is. The the fall of I don't know if he's injured or what, but he it was it was painful watching him wrestle. Yeah, this is quite clunky. Um I don't really have a lot of notes for it either. It's just they they sort of did some stuff apart from that suplex. And then Angle slammed for a near fall, Kakina clutch, and then Angle rolled him up for the win. Your favourite Samoa Joe finish at the moment. No, I can't. But how lazy is WWE? How are we going to beat Samoa Joe here? Okay, we're going to roll him up, either just as a surprise or out of a Kakina clutch, and then Joe's going to look really angry for a minute afterwards. Yeah. Which is like, that's a, that, I think that was a good finish the first two times I saw it because they were spread out. Yeah. This is every week. And now it's twice a week because <laughs> yeah. we're getting them on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. So, yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. But I thought the match, I I liked the idea of all these because they didn't really do many bits in between moves. It was kind of a, they didn't have a great deal of time. It was, I'm going to do my three German suplexes on you. I'm going to do an Olympic slam for a near fall. And at the Angle did a drop kick off the second rope. It was... It just felt it was clunky. They didn't yeah. quite mesh together, and it it was it was sad to see. And it makes you think: not only a WWE screwing up the WrestleMania match, but if Kurt's in this condition, is him wrestling Baron tw- Corbin? Yeah, well, Baron <laughs> Corbin. But yeah, but wrestling matches in the build-up to that is that the best idea? Mm. Do you want to hold him back, let him heal up a bit from whatever issue he seems to be dealing with, and then he can put on a 
bigger match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, I was, I was, I'll get back onto the Ken Angle thing for a, uh, in just a second because I did want to raise one point about this episode because you just reminded me of it then. This was a proper episode of Raw where you're like, it's three hours, but it always felt like there's not enough time for the wrestling on this show. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking back to all those matches that are on the show. And I was like, God, they only went about f- sort of five minutes or so. How does this company with three hours to play go run out of time? We've just run out of time for wrestling. Their main event, a last man standing stipulation between Dean Ambrose and Drew McIntyre, typically a match that should go a long time because neither man can physically stand up because they're so tired and fatigued and beat down when eight minutes. Eight minutes, Eight yeah. minutes of TV time. But um, back to uh, the, the, the Kurt Angle situation. And, like, you know, the title of this video is Why Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin Should Be Changed. Here's why. Yeah. Um, it's because I th- this is not the match we want to see as Angle's retirement match. However, when you kind of look back at the, the last couple of weeks of Angle's, quote, retirement tour, I'm not enthused by it, like, really anyway. Like, I haven't... Uh, Kurt Angle's WWE return has been very lackluster. Very, very lackluster. And as you, uh, you kind of said there, the, the WrestleMania match last year is probably the highlight of it. Mm. And, it's, and he wasn't meant to be in that. And yeah, and I would say it's probably a lone highlight because it's not like we look back at that Shield match fondly. We look back at that match because it's like, look at the way Kurt was dressed. He once had a segment with Enzo Amore and Big Cass where Enzo spelt out S-A-W-F-T and then they walked off and Kurt just went, it's not how you spell soft. That was a highlight. I would say, but I mean more in-ring. Yeah, yeah. As yeah in-ring. Why well, I don't think the backstage promo work or in-ring promo work has been that good either. Hey, so, sorry, to, the, the Samoa Joe promo before the match, however, where he got up in Kurt's face, mm-hmm. said, I'm going to give you the gift of a good night's sleep before yeah. your WrestleMania match, was brilliant. Yeah, really, really, really good. That. But this is a storyline that... I mean, we've said it before on this show several times. They clearly have a very low opinion of Kurt Angle. Mm. And this is a storyline that should have had months of build and months of like storyline going into it, as opposed to a two-week, three-week-ago announcement where it was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having my last match at Mania. And then a week later, I'm like, and, and it's Baron Corbin. Yeah, there's, because there's two ways you can look at this. If this was an amazing run for Kurt Angle when he returned to WWE back in 2017... And this was like the bad note that you end on. I don't know what's more insulting, that or this just being the bad note of a load of bad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So I, I, I propose to you this. Please do. What do you think's going to happen? Do you think they'll, come WrestleMania, we're going to get Baron versus Kurt? If I had to put you on the spot right now. Yes. Um, yeah, I think it will be... Uh, several people have pitched this before. I think we've even pitched this, uh, which is just that Angle beats Corbin very quickly and then Cena comes <laughs> out and Cena is the actual match and then you do a 10-minute match with John Cena instead. You want my opinion? What's your opinion? I think they're just going to do Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle. And just end with... And that's it. And yeah. You think uh, Corbs is going to win? Yeah. Yeah, Bazza Corbs gets the win. No, no, actually, no. I think Kurt Angle's going to win. What does that do for Baron Corbin? Nothing. (laughs) Nothing. It does nothing for anyone. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact... 
you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, speaking of Patreon, let's do some Patreon shout-outs. Thank you, Form Together Like Lucas Volkman. Yes! Yeah, Ghostbusters reference. No, it's not. It's... <laughs> Is it, what is it then? Voltron. Oh, I just kind of took a stab in the dark. <laughs> Luke made up that name. It's Ghostbusters. Yeah, probably likely. Uh, Scott Howard, the duck. Whoa! He's funnier than Deadpool. So another one of Luke's references. Like a ninja, Shadow Nosquawick. Oh, good pronunciation. Yeah. Cliff Bridges over troubled waters. Whoa! Yes, yeah. nice. Rob Steiner, recliner. Oh, Whoa! great move, Cheers, great Rob. move. Better than Bill, Dennis Hicks. It's debatable. Course, debatable. It's debatable. Uh, Dennis, it looks like a giant, Johnson. The More second Austin Powers reference. reference today. Uh, big sexy Jimmy Genslinger. Woo! Oh, yeah, good name. Jimmy. Krampus Kendall Ellis. Oh, Krampus, oh, yes. scary. And lastly for this episode, Harry and the Hendersons Burgess. Woo! Oh, I've still got a clap. Yeah. Yeah, hit us up with a question. You might have to yell. Be louder, Andy. He's one of our Patreon backers. Thank you, King George. Is the next London meetup? Ooh. Uh, News on that will be very, very soon. But you might want to keep May. Hey, we may do something. Yeah. Yes, we may. Have Six. some plans. <laughs> I think it's seventh. Is it seventh? I think it's seventh. We may May seventh seventh have have something on, something. but we can't officially say anything yet. But yeah, yeah, we may have something. May seventh have something on. Yeah. Uh, and Nick Castell, who uh, was very kind of donated, he says, "Hey, Ollie and Luke, how do you guys feel about Sting possibly coming out of retirement for one last match against the Undertaker at WrestleMania? Also, love your vids." Well, that thank was, you. Oh, sorry, I'll just repeat that. And that was Nick Castell yeah. saying, uh, what do we think of Sting potentially coming back? 
I think I couldn't think of a sadder match than uh, retire. We just talked about. It. We <laughs> well, just talked about Baron Corbin, Kurt Angle. Yeah, but at least Baron Corbin is like he's not broken down yet. Do you want to have broken down Sting versus broken down Undertaker in a smoke and mirrors match? Like I, it is a match. Is Sting that broken down? He had to retire because he could like he can't wrestle anymore. WWE's doctors said he wouldn't be medically cleared to return. Hmm. I I think, I mean, I don't want to see it happen, but I don't think that's the be-all and end-all as we saw with Daniel Bryan. It's not as conclusive. Okay. And, like, if Sting start, I'd like, a lot of these people who aren't medically cleared, Rob Van Dam is not, he said himself, is not medically cleared to wrestle in WWE, but he keeps on wrestling around the Indies. But did you also hear what Rob Van Dam said on the Edge and Christian podcast, where he's like, I've had loads of concussions, but I don't really think they have any effect on people. I don't really, they don't really bother me. I read an exchange <laughs> that Rob Van Dam recounted with Vince McMahon, where Vince says to him, when you take a chair shot to the head, put your hands up. And Rob says, nah, man, that's not how I do things. <laughs> and Vince said, yeah, but you're going to start doing it like that now. And Rob Van Dam, no, that's not the way I wrestle. And apparently Vince says to him, I am your father. Put your hands up. Crikey. What a weird weird route to take. Um, But I would, so to answer the question really of (laughs) would I want to see Sting versus Undertaker at this point? No, I'd have liked to have seen that match 20 years ago. And that match. In the invasion. Yes, that match is never going to live up to the hype that we want it to be. Like our 20-year-old minds wants to see that match, but it's not going to be what we think it it can be. So because it, because it's now in 2019, I, I don't want to see it because I think the idea of it is so much better than the actual practice of it. Yeah, it's one of those things that some people might want. But uh, as the Rolling Stones eloquently put, that's not what they need. Mm. Um, also, I don't think WWE won't clear him to return, so it can't happen anyway. And also, don't think that they would think it was a, a good. This is also a company that didn't think that Vince McMahon versus Eric Bischoff would sell pay per views. Hmm. Uh, Andy, any, uh, another question? A couple more donations, not really questions, but someone. Thank says, you very much. Uh, Angle versus Corbin is what everyone wants. <laughs> John Inahuatso, if I'm saying that correctly, says, "Give me what I want." Uh, possibly in reference to the uh, Screen Stalker thing. Uh, and Killjoy says, will you stop holding Randy back? Uh, he didn't donate. I just, uh, That's just something you picked I just, up. I yeah. saw it, in the chat. Yeah. it was posted by WrestleTalk, I guess. <laughs> okay, well, let's get on with the rest of Raw, which was kicked off with Ronda Rousey. Well, first off, it was Michael Cole saying, hey, guess what? Trailblazers, in we invented women... Four years ago, uh, uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. and now we are going to continue inventing women with women's sports. And we have bestowed on you women the gift of the main event of WrestleMania 35. We are so... You're welcome. Yeah. Did you see uh, Brazzers uh, reply to this? No, I didn't. You got that up remarkably fast. I thought you might want this... their Twitter page on a favorite button. Uh, well, I mean, I don't want to give away trade secrets, uh, but they tweeted, um, congrats, you guys figured out what we learned 15 years ago. Build your uh, build around ladies and the fellas will come. Mm. Lovely. <laughs> uh, it's live. <laughs> we can't stop Luke bringing up porn now. Honestly, the old Wrestle Ramble days, <laughs> we'd have to cut through it and do loads of retakes because you just can't stop bringing can't up brazzers. Bring... <laughs> do you know what tomorrow is? Oh, God. It's the two-year anniversary of the first Wrestle Ramble. 
Okay, all right, that's not as por- pornographic. Nope. I, I mean, it's a bit pornographic, though, isn't it? Well, oh, happy... I mean, we'll celebrate on SmackDown, then. Maybe yeah. we'll actually have a few <laughs> a few genuine beers. Um, <clears throat> so Ronda Rousey comes down, and she she quite brilliantly picks up the mic, or enters with a mic, and just says, I've only got a few things to say. You're welcome. Mm. And puts the mic down. Now, that's a, that's good. And... You, it's almost badass. It's almost like, oh, I'm going to cheer this badass heel, Ronda Rousey. So what does she do? This is I thought this was inspired to stop you from getting behind her as a badass. Come back in, pick up the mic again. And she did, she did this two more times of pretending she was done when she wasn't. I, I thought this was very well performed. However, there was no Ronda husband on this show. Well, he security guards are too afraid of him to let him into the building. Mm. Well, surely Travis Brown could just grimace his way in. Very and, possibly. And eyeball people out of his way. I thought they had such a good act last week, and I just assumed, oh, okay, he's going to be part of Ronda's thing going forward. And he, he was nowhere on this show. He wasn't mentioned. He punched the security guard last week, but it hasn't played into anything. No. So I feel like something might have been dropped. Mm. Well, in this company, please, come on now. And it, it plays into what happened next, which was a beat the clock challenge mm. with Ronda, Becky and Charlotte taking on all three members of the Riot Squad in the concurrent matches. You know, the deal with beat the clock is, well, the WWE didn't actually explain this. I think they did, mm. which is just whoever has the fastest pin wins. My question is, why? Yeah, yeah. yeah like, like, what do they gain from pinning the Like, Charlotte hasn't lost anything by not winning this. Yeah. And Becky hasn't gained anything by winning it. It's It really is a filler segment. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a segment that I really should, should be about four weeks ago in this storyline. But they crammed it with suspense. Like, to go from suspensions, not medically cleared, injured... All of this stuff happening, arrested to beat the clock challenge <laughs> two weeks out from WrestleMania. And I guess Becky is just fine now because she's not even hobbling anymore. So, but th- that said, I thought this was a decent overall segment. It was just something that should have happened a month ago. But I'd, I'd also think this needs to have stakes to it. Mm-hmm. You can't just have a beat the clock for no reason. Well, like it doesn't it doesn't like affect the order of entry into into the match into or anything. The triple threat. Exactly, right? So like it just felt like there was nothing gained from this segment. Made worse by the fact I don't re- I thought Ronda going like this gimmick is dumb. Yeah, yeah, doesn't, that was doesn't no really help matters. Yeah, that the gimmick being the beat the clock like stipulation. That, uh, first episode of TNA, where the very first segment of TNA is all the main eventers coming out being like the main event of this show is dumb. We shouldn't, and it's rubbish, and I don't want to be a part of it. Put over the company. <laughs> uh, so what happened very quickly? Ronda beat Sarah Logan in one minute twenty-five seconds. Sarah Logan tried to run around a lot. That's where I would say one minute twenty of those seconds came from. And then Ronda very coolly sort of ran up the ropes to lock in an armbar. Yeah. I thought that was cool. good. And then she Made locked in the arm. Yeah, so she got the win at one minute twenty-five, uh, and goes to walk to the back. But I think you had this in your review where mm. she she wants to walk to the back because yeah, this is dumb and it doesn't really matter to me. But she stops at the top of the ramp. Like her competitive nature made her stay and watch. That's why I think this whole segment is a complete isn't a complete waste mm-hmm. uh, because 
although there's sometimes you don't need stuff at stake. You can just have segments that get across character or dynamics. And I felt having Rhonda say that this is all stupid, but then her actually linger at the top to make sure she did win mm-hmm. was a really nice way of showing and not telling about her character. Yeah. Uh, but again, yep, yeah, it's 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 nowhere. It has no business being this close to mania. I also think as well that if you're going to do this, don't have them be minute long matches. I think have it the whole point. I for me, beat the clock should have like some pretty you know, cause some good length of time in there, rather than just tapping people out dead quick. Mm. I mean, you could do that if uh, Ronda hadn't already beaten Ruby. Uh, elimination Chamber. Fast lane. Royal Rumble. Oh, is it fast lane? I think it's Chamber. Would I think it, it's it, the Elimination d- did Chamber. Did she beat Ronda, uh, beat Ra- uh, Ruby Riot at fast lane or Elimination Chamber? No, no. that was no. no that was it a wasn't rumble. a rumble. That was Sasha Banks. It wasn't a rumble. Uh, it was one after that. Oh, cheers, Andy. It was one of the ones Chamber. after that. I win. Uh, Charlotte versus Ruby Riot was next. Uh, Charlotte got Ruby in the figure four, but she just held on, not beating Ronda's time. And Becky Lynch. Well, Charlotte big-booted Becky Lynch, so Becky is always going to be at a disadvantage going into every match now. Uh, And Lynch beat Morgan several seconds quicker than Rousey with a roll-up. So, yeah, uh, whatever. This this was a thing that happened. It's it's passed, but optimism. Surely they've got a big go-home angle for next week. And there was, I said this last week, this uh, this feud is begging for the man to come around and have that Raw Before Survivor Series mm. style angle. Because that, that angle was the one that really heated up Survivor Series. And, they really, and the company. And this company. And kickstarted this feud between Rousey and Lynch. Prior to that, people being like, oh, Rousey versus uh, Lynch. Oh, that sounds fine. It was that angle that really got people talking. And I think Becky winning the Rumble really, again, got people talking. like, this is what we want. We're now getting to WrestleMania. And I think this company has done, just chipped away. And I and I, I think a lot of people think that we're down on this triple threat main eventing WrestleMania. And I'm not down on it main eventing WrestleMania because... I, I hate think, women, so that is a big part I, of I think when all is said and done, at the end of WrestleMania, when Becky is holding that title above her head, we're not going to care about the suspensions and the arrests and this, that, and the other. Royce could be like, that was awesome. What a rad moment that is. And that's great. And I'm, and I'm very much looking forward to that moment. All I'm saying is that I would have liked a really good, hot angle to keep us going in to, to make that moment feel even better. Yeah. And looking at what they advertise for next week, it's not that promising that that will happen because Ronda, Charlotte, and Becky will team up in a six-woman tag against the Riot Squad, the team they just laughably put away. Yeah. So, talk about not having stakes. <laughs> yeah. That is that is a big one. That's a bad go-home angle. <laughs> Maybe they'll have something really big on SmackDown. You don't know. Uh, potentially. I mean, sometimes, some of my favourite angles ever have come from absolutely dog-awful episodes of WWE TV. Nexus Invasion was like a Las Vegas roulette episode. Yeah. CM Punk's Pipe Bomb was a dreadful episode, but like ended with this iconic moment. So I'm hoping... I mean, it's... 
I say that, but Vince was very invested in Brock versus Roman, and the go-home angle for that one year was the infamous tug of tug war. Tug of war over the title. Uh, I've got to give a shout-out to Becky as well. She had a great line in her promo where she said, the mania will end with the title above my head and Ronda's skull beneath my foot. Yeah. Oh, that was a great line. That was good. Uh, Finn Balor came out next for a handicap match against Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. But Leo Rush was injured after being Braun Strowman last week. So surely he's got a really great replacement, right? Who was it, Luke? It was Jinder Mahal. Mm. Mm. And like the way that Bobby and Jinder sort of like fist bumped on stage, I'm like, are you friends? Like, are you friends backstage? I don't think I've ever seen you two interact prior to this moment. You say that. But if you told me, oh, yeah, there were three weeks when Jinder Mahal was in the mid-card of evil, I would just go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that probably. Makes sense, yeah. yeah, I don't remember. Jinder it. does feel like someone who should have been part of those mid-cards of evil. Yeah. Well, he's he's the undercard of evil. Oh, I suppose, yeah. Uh, the, the usual Jinder shenanigans, Singh Brothers got involved really quickly. So this was Finn Balor effectively taking on five guys. Yeah. But he could only still beat the little ones. And it was, you know, because of that that he got the coup de grace victory over Jinder. Can I, although, can I add? I thought it was great. Oh, really? I, I really, really liked this segment. Oh. Because it did pit Balor against five people. And watching him, like, overcome those odds and being, like, constantly interfered. It was a very short match. This only yes. went, like, 90 seconds. Or, like, two minutes or whatever it was. They were trying. They still and, thought they were on the beat the clock challenge. And a lot of that was in an ad break. Mm. But I thought Balor's comeback was really cool. And like he tried to wipe out Jinder on one side of the ring, but was tripped by the Singh brothers. So then he just wiped them out on the other side and just took out everyone, threw Jinder back in, coup de grace. I thought it was a really cool finish. I thought it actually made Balor look pretty great. I th- I thought this was a thumbs up. Uh, this, it's the first part of this feud I've enjoyed. I'm glad you enjoyed it. It makes me happy that you're happy. I, I got nothing from it. I got nothing from it, I'm afraid. Well, uh, Bobby Lashley is now going <coughs> to defend his Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. That was the, what was on the line in this match. Was it? So yeah. Finn, it's now Balor versus Lashley? Yes, um, at WrestleMania, yeah. Oh, well, that changes my opinion on it entirely. Uh, then we got Elias in New York. He yeah. is from Times Square, it looked like. He which was I've called New York Square here. <laughs> in my notes. And he's, you know, he's saying, I'm going to be the musical act at WrestleMania 35. Someone tries to join in with his solo. Elias says he walks alone. That was it. I, Elias should be doing stuff like this way more often. He's so well suited to little pre-taped skits out and about. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, and I love the in the ring segments, but it's nice to vary it up. I thought I I like this. They did two more throughout the night. It just made me think that. It just made me want to go back to New York. It's in like I my top three places in the entire world: uh, New York, Reading, uh, no Toronto, and Liverpool. And New York is like it's one of my favorite places I've ever been to. And just seeing him sat there at Times Square, I was like, God, I want to go back to New York. Uh, then we got Alistair Black and Ricochet, the well-known established tag team of years, versus the Revival, the Raw Tag Team Champions. That's another champion. In fact, all three of these opening matches, technically, the champions lost. Oh, I suppose, yeah, on the technicality. Yeah, yeah Ronda did lose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and this was a non-title match. Uh, Ricochet won with a 630. Yeah. It reminded the audience at the end it was a non-title match, and it sets up what uh, Meltzer was reporting last week, that it's going to be Revival versus Black and Ricochet at WrestleMania. I don't want to say... Which will likely be on the pre-show. I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn here, because I think I, I summed Alistair Black and Ricochet up perfectly. They're so impressive. They move so quickly. 
but it's all on a treadmill. So they're going nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's You can run as fast as you can, do all your little tricks like OK Go stuff on a treadmill, but they're going nowhere in the tag division. It's, I think I, what I want is for everyone who said, ah, wait and see, though, don't judge the NXT call-ups. I want every single person who said that to apologize to me directly in person. Oh, yeah? And say, you were right, Ollie. Well, that May 7th could happen. Mm. May 7th. It May 7th <laughs> It May 7th happen. <laughs> uh, then we got Drew McIntyre coming out. Now, this, this is an interesting one because I feel like something's happened to me and Drew. Because I, yeah. I always love Drew. I love his look. Mm-hmm. I love his promos. I love his matches. Uh, often very, very good. But he just, there's something about him where whenever he comes out, I'm not immediately excited. Like, he has to do a lot of work every time he comes out to make me invested in his storyline. And I feel like that's the same with the crowd. Look at the things Drew's done over the last few weeks. Like, that staircase Claymore to Dean Ambrose taking out Roman Reigns, trashing Roman Reigns' family. That should be enough. If this was another character, the crowd should already be booing him as soon as he walks out. But they don't start booing him until he starts getting the cheap heat over Roman's cancer stuff. So I just don't know where the disconnect there is. I, uh, I'm, I'm not going to say this is the case, but I can only put what I think might have happened on there. Because this is certainly what I would say is for me. It's because Drew has been a lackey since he came up to the main roster. Mm. And now all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks, he's no longer been a lackey. And yeah. he's now in charge. But he never had that moment where he stopped being a lackey by beating up the people that were leading him. Like his team with Dolph, I don't, did they have a split? Did they stop teaming? They did have a split, yeah. Oh, they had a match, didn't happened. they? Yeah, they had a match like towards the end of the year. A cage match, I think. Uh, but Dolph actually has the most recent one up in that feud when he eliminated him from, from the, the Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. That's right. To then yeah. never be seen again. But uh, that's what I mean. Like that's a storyline that never felt like it had a conclusion. Mm, yeah. And he never had a split from the Dogs of War. He never had a split from Baron Corbin's mid card of evil. So all of a sudden he's now just like I'm standing here on my own and I'm I'm the one who's gonna I've defeat the Shield single handedly and I'm like I, I don't buy it because. Yeah. You've been you've been playing second fiddle to loads of other people, loads of other mid carders who are so so far beneath you that you should have been a bigger star by now. Yeah, if he's playing second fiddle to Brock Lesnar or Triple H, well, hey, but he was playing second fiddle to Baron Corbin. <laughs> yeah. His name comes up a lot. It does indeed. He's all over this show. Uh, so I think that that might be why. It certainly yeah. is for, for me. But I, I think that this can be the start of a rebuilding for, for Drew and to kind of push him as a single star. To lose at Mania to Roman and then just get forgotten about again. Yeah, yeah, yeah good point. Uh, so he, he called out, well, he, he brought up Roman's family again saying, hey, you've your children have already watched you fight through your leukemia diagnosis or fight for your life there. Do you want to put them through that again at WrestleMania? Which is, you know, quite an awful line, but it is it's a money line. Mm-hmm. It, it's certainly certainly direct. And then Roman's music hits and he comes down and he accepts the challenge and quickly says, don't ever run your mouth about my wife and kids again. And they brawl, but Drew being the heel, low blows, Claymore's lays out reigns. Yeah. It was a segment. I don't think Reigns has looked particularly good since coming back. Oh, interesting. I wouldn't say that at all. I thought, it, you know, because the match they had at Fastlane was great. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, that's, okay, so 
coming back, obviously great, and then the stuff with the shield, and then the fast lane thing. But since then, there's only been two things. I know, though. I know. But like, you you wouldn't expect the goodwill to wear off that quickly. Well, it's clearly not because the crowd were massively into him again. Charlie for Roman. In, the crowd were into him, yeah. Yeah. But they weren't. I wouldn't say they were crazily into him. I don't know. I'd I'd, I'd say they were. Well, maybe it's, I'm just cool on this whole angle. I don't, I, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not really into it at all. I'll I tell you what I wasn't into. Tell me. It was Drew walking backstage and just running into Dean Ambrose, who's fine, apparently. Yeah. It's that Jeff Hardy thing all over again of like, oh, Randy Orton completely decimated him inside the house. I was like, he was back a couple of weeks later. He's all right. I don't like the word decimated when describing wrestling things. Oh, yeah. Because it literally means to reduce by a tenth. <laughs> and I, it, it always bugs me. <laughs> Like how how's that happen? Well, maybe that's that's they've been using it correctly. Then they have just reduced him by. Dean Ambrose missing a foot. <laughs> so yeah, so I um, I, just Dean stood backstage. I was like, oh, why are you back? Mm. Like it was a really good way to kind of write you off TV or like just write you off into the sunset. And if I think you said that the report is that this was Dean's final appearance for the company. Yeah, this one was way weaker than oh, yeah. the one a couple of weeks ago was. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the, the report is that he's not booked on WrestleMania. He's not going to be used on Raw next week. So that's it. He's, he's done with the company. The contract expires in April. But it's the end of April. It, it expires. I and I think he's. I on, think it's like twentieth. Yeah, and I think isn't he? Wasn't he advertised for the European tour? That he's been taken. Uh, he was taken off that, wasn't he? Because um, Braun Strowman was put in uh, as an honorary Shield member. Well, live events and whether he's on TV are, are different very different. Things. Yeah. Uh, so, yep, that mean, that set up a last man standing match for the main event, which I was excited for because I, I really enjoyed Drew and Dean's uh, Fool's Count Anywhere yeah, match great. a couple of weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was also kind of like, huh, I feel like the Dean character was sent off back then. Yeah. But, hey, maybe they'll do a better send off or a, a more brutal write out, more brutal than a pencil being jabbed into your eye and being decimated in a staircase. Uh, Sasha Banks versus Natalia next. Talking of crazy reactions, this is a reaction. Hometown gal, Boston's Sasha Banks. Yep. Yeah, she got a big reaction. She certainly did. Um, did she win her match? No, there was a double DQ <laughs> with heat magnets. Nia Jackson to Mina running in. I was enjoying this match. It was Sasha versus Natalia. There was a really neatly rolled through bank statement into a sharpshooter. Yeah. I was like, I'm, I even wrote, I'm actually into this match. I, I love the spot that came before that, which was when Natalia goes to do her step over spot that she does, where mm. she steps on your back and continues running. And Sasha just grabbed her by the yeah. foot. And the way they shot it is you didn't quite see what it was. And she grabbed her by the foot and then quickly transitioned that into the bank statement, which then got reversed into the sharpshooter. I thought it was some really good stuff in this. Yeah. So uh, up to this point, by the way, every match the baby faces have gone over. The first hometown person in Sasha, double DQ, <laughs> Beth Phoenix stands tall. But Beth Phoenix looked great. She did. Yeah, she looked yeah. great, yeah. Will you stop uh, shooting on the uh, 2007 era divas that you just hate so much? I, You know, she can look great. She can have a return. But she is not an iconic all-time <laughs> figure of women's wrestling in my mind. Uh, then we got the... Strong disagree. This, this came up next. This was really, really good. They played the video package of the Hart Foundation going into the WWE Hall of Fame. So Bret Hart and Jimmy Anvil Neidhart. Great video package as always. And I was like, oh, that's a good video package. Didn't really think anything more of it until they cut back to the ring. Natalia's in the ring. Jim being her real-life recently passed father last August. 
immortalized in that tables match with Ruby Riot. Yeah. And she was crying in the yeah, ring. Yeah, it was and, and Beth comforted her. I, I thought that was that was good. Yeah. That was a good moment. I thought it was really, really nice. And then we got uh, Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe. Oh, it was no, a promo. You, it was a yeah, promo, a promo thing. Um, we had uh, Bailey and Banks walking backstage, and me and Charlie walked up and pointed out how they keep losing in all their matches despite being champions. Mm. And uh, Banks uh, rather furiously said that she w- that we want to defend our titles against all of them. Mm. at, at uh, WrestleMania. And that was announced, it was confirmed later on social media that it is going to be a Four Corners match at WrestleMania. Banks and Bailey versus Tamina and Nia Jax versus the Iconics versus the Divas of Doom. I don't trust anything. I just, I can't, when you say, oh, it was it was announced on the Soch, so that's official. It's on the website. I've, so was Kofi starting last <laughs> week's episode of SmackDown. It's very true, you're right. I can't, I just... Everything they say, even the women main event in WrestleMania, I'm like, I'll believe it when it happens. <laughs> I, just, I can't buy into anything this company tells me is going to happen. You're like me in that Master of the Universe reboot. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. yeah I'll believe it when it's actually in production. Gambit. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, Dark Phoenix is a thing. Hey, Deadpool eventually got made. Yes. Sometimes these things eventually do happen. Uh, something that uh, will hopefully eventually stop happening <laughs> is a moment of bliss, which got a different set this week, rather than being up on the stage. Well, they had to be in the ring because they needed to look at the screen for the um, SNL guys. And you couldn't have uh, done that if you were up on the stage. Of course. Yeah. But I was going to say last week they needed to look at the screen for the graphics, but that's presumably why she awkwardly threw to Michael Cole to yeah. run through the... I hate the staging. <laughs> So Alexa Bliss recaps the Braun Strowman versus Saturday Night Live guys, Colin Jost and Michael Che, mm-hmm. the WrestleMania special correspondents, and their feud so far. She says that hosting WrestleMania is going to be the proudest moment of her career. Yeah, career highlights, yeah. Which is tosh. and But it's in jeopardy because of this situation. I did like how she's um, she essentially took credit for the women inventing WrestleMania, which I thought was an excellent mm, bit of a... Although, which is weird because that's sort of like, that's a bit of a heel line. And then she was very much a baby face when she was with Braun Strowman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no consistency there. Uh, and she welcomes Braun down. They do not acknowledge Team Little Big in any of this. No. And they didn't do that last week either. But I just thought, Alexa's a face. Who cares? Couldn't you just do some fun flirting? Like, that was the only good thing of Mix... Well, Mix Match Challenge, the only good things of it were when the wrestlers stopped caring and just started having a house show match. It was really fun. Uh, But we didn't get any of that here. There was too much script and comedy to get through yeah um and bliss recapped uh braun how braun likes to destroy stuff and he was like yep yep i do i do like destroying stuff and it was you know it was it was fine i got a, uh, a tweet from someone over the weekend uh linking to that uh braun Strowman destroying the uh toy car yeah and it was like lol what what kid would want this toy and i was like kids love destroying cars Do you remember yeah. crash test dummies so the whole point was blowing them up. I would have bought that toy. It was a pretty, <laughs> would have, pretty a, cool toy. It's a pretty cool toy. Pretty sweet car. It's a car that explodes. I'd, I'd have that and I'd have loads of other wrestlers destroying it. In general, young boys aren't complicated creatures. No. I did, to this day, I would still be quite happy with a digger. <laughs> Sometimes I look at diggers and I just think, that's a simple, simpler life. Yeah. I could just operate a digger. I want to operate a digger. <laughs> 
Screw live streams. It's too complicated. Um, that, that's not to say that diggers aren't complicated. I imagine it would be they're, very they're probably ve- And they're probably yeah, very they're stressful. Probably very complicated. Um, so this goes on and on and on. And they bring up the Saturday Night Live guys on the, the live stream. It looked like completely pre-recorded. I don't think this was a live via satellite. No, they'd have had to time it very well, though, because there was a part when they were doing interactions back and forth. So it'd have had to be mm. quite tightly scripted if it was pre-recorded. Yeah. But it did feel pre-recorded. It yeah. definitely felt tightly scripted. <laughs> well, definitely quite. felt scripted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Colin Just, well, I thought, was actually a very good heel here. He had a line where I learned from last the last time I was on the show not to wear a particular sports team hat. So I just, I'll wear this particular sports team hat. And it was the Yankees hat. And of course, Boston do not like Yankees. Uh, uh, the New York. With, yeah. but with the baseball. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, the touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would say though, that this was one of those segments where the hat got more heat than anyone else did. Yeah. Yeah. It was, and it just, it ended with Braun challenging them to enter the Battle Royal and Michael Che entered Colin Jost and then Colin Jost entered Michael Che. So they're both going to be in the Battle Royal. Three people confirmed so far. I hope that's the only three. And it's just Braun hey man. M- running through them. Sin Cara needs his payday. Mm. So does Kalisto and the rest of the Lucha House Party. There was a good bit at the end here where Braun goes, can you make this happen? And, <laughs> this and Alexa... So <laughs> and Alexa says, oh, no, I can't. I can't, no, no, because there's no authority figures. Yeah, and then she goes, no, I'm just kidding, I totally can. It's booked. And I thought, this that, that was funny. That was a funny delivery. But, oh, my God, that is so infuriating when you just start to unpick that nothing means anything here. Yeah. Do you want to see if we've got any more questions? Uh, we've still got quite a lot to get through. Do you want to do them at the end? Yeah, let's do them. Do them at the end. Okay. What do you have? have we got? Have we got loads of questions, Andy? Give us one question. I'm still getting used to this format. I'm gonna have a beer. How would you feel about Velveteen Dream getting put over by Angle at Mania? I don't. So that's a should Velveteen Dream be put over by Kurt Angle at Mania? I don't think their gimmicks gimmicks complement each other that no. much. So I think that would be a bit of a a, th- a curveball, and there's just not much poetic symmetry there. Matt Riddle, however, who that they've got the, the kind of legit shooting background, I think that would be a very good. That that would be the only name I can think of. I wouldn't have minded it being <coughs> Dream or or Riddle if it had been announced five weeks ago, mm. and we could have built to it. If it was announced on next week's show, then I'd be like, oh, God, why why did we wait till this week to announce this? Yeah, give us another one. That was fun. Uh... Killjoy has asked Luke to say, looking jacked, man. <laughs> looking jacked, man. Uh, then we got an Elias. <laughs> Not going to get that anymore, because now it's live streams. We don't get to use those bumpers. Oh, I won't miss them. No, neither they, will I. They, I mean, they, they were very much out of date. Yeah, Booker T doesn't do commentary anymore. And neither does JBL. Yeah. Yep. And those are the only impressions I can do, so they had to stay. That's classic. Us putting something into place and never changing it. Yep. Consistency. Laziness. They're one and the same. <laughs> uh, Baron Corbin, uh, we, we had another Elias segment, which was quite funny. He had a coffee cup in his hand. Someone just walked past and put a quarter in it. Yeah, and you could almost see in his mind, he was like, huh. <laughs> yeah. That was really good. He was like, I can make money here. And it played into the, the final Yeah, segment. I thought it was actually genuinely very yeah, funny. Yeah. Uh, then we had the Baron Corbin-Apollo Cruz match that we've been we've already talked about. Then we got a Seth Rollins promo. 
where Michael Cole said after WrestleMania, Seth wants to be known as... Oh, Beast Slayer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so apparently... It's not a cool name. <laughs> well, no, there's Kingslayer, really. Or Beastmaster. No. Yeah. Although Beastmaster's a good crap gimmick. Um, this was a promo in which Seth was talking about how uh, he inspires people, but Brock Lesnar, he does not inspire people. I uh, are, are we building to Seth versus Paul Heyman at WrestleMania? Because that's all it's felt like. Yeah. With, there has been a, and this is not uncommon with Brock feuds, but there has been a distinct lack of Brock in this feud. Hot take. Yeah, <laughs> no. Brock hasn't shown up for work. But it recently. feels like there's been even less Brock in this mm. feud than we've seen for other Brock feuds. Fewer Brock. Sorry, you're absolutely right. There's been fewer Brock. Less Lesnar. <laughs> fewer, fewer Brock. Brock. Uh, yeah, it's 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 really problematic, and the the content is not there. No, like set this, the content of this promo was like you said. Uh, Brock Lesnar isn't a champion that the WWE universe can believe in. So I'm gonna win the belt for the WWE Universe at WrestleMania. It's not just going to be me. It's going to be all of these fans. And I'm just like, he's delivering it really well. Mm -hmm. But it makes him sound like a doofus. Yeah, it does, yeah. It makes him sound very uncool. <coughs> Thankfully, Heyman came out and tried to save this segment. Yeah. Got a great promo. Yeah, he said, oh, thanks for letting me know it's a handicap match yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with Seth and the WWE Universe versus Brock. That was good. And then Seth... Goes up, not goes after, but just walks up to Paul, which Paul bumps for. Yeah, exactly. Falls over when he's trying to run away. And Seth says, we are going to walk into Suplex City. Um, and then the whole crowd went, burn, burn it, it down. down. And then he literally dropped the mic on Paul, which was quite fun. Hmm. But yeah, it's just all a bit lame. And I mean, I'm a 31-year-old guy as of Friday. Mm -hmm. I didn't really, this wasn't for me. No. I didn't, felt, I didn't feel like this was for me. I don't think it was for 13-year-old Ollie either. No. No. Uh, after this, we got the Kurt Angle versus Samoa Joe match. Then we got a Triple H promo. Yeah, he came I out in a very, very tight leather jacket. Too tight. And it was... I thought this was a great promo. I thought this was the best thing on the show. Yep, I, I would certainly agree with that. I thought this was very cool. <coughs> so he's he opens it up with saying, congratulations to the, to the women's main event. Uh, which was his way of saying, that was all me, by the way. Yep. I, I've been lobbying this for quite some time. Uh, and then he struggles to get the letter, this letter that he's got in his jacket pocket, out of his pocket. Yeah. Because the leather jacket is presumably so tight, it's WrestleMania season, Triple H puts on a lot of muscle around this time of year. He's looking jacked. Man. And he's got the, the tiny leather jacket, the muscles, this poor envelope is being crushed. He can't get his hand in the tiny, teeny pocket. Mm -hmm. It's toit like a tiger. Uh, and he, he makes a few funny wrestling jokes. Also another Austin Powers reference there. It was, yeah. On uh, the Saturday show where we said that it probably wasn't culturally relevant anymore. Uh, uh, he, I was like, I'm happy I've also got a, been given a microphone that's dry and not covered in Dave Bautista's spit. Mm -hmm. That was funny. He said... Uh, that I think, did he say this This is buried? This envelope is buried in my pocket? And then he says, now I'm jobbing to the envelope. Which, you know, is when it's this well delivered, I don't really care. Yeah. I thought this was very good. And yeah, this is line where he's like, he goes, uh, Dave in this letter has said that like he's just, he says that I only used evolution to stay champion for, for ages. 
Really, Dave, you've only just worked that one out 13 years later and you've only just picked up on that? I'm glad he admitted to that because yeah, I thought yeah. he was going to take a different route. Yeah, and he, he really smartly answered every one of Dave's points from last week saying, look, before Evolution, you said I didn't care about you. You entered Evolution as the decon to Devon Dudley and you left it as a world champion Yeah, and, and just made all these really good rebuttals. And just in terms of comic timing before he got serious... The whole point of this letter was that there was one more thing Triple H had to agree to before Batista would have them agree to the match at WrestleMania. And he opens the envelope, he gets out the, the paper, and he says, give me what I want, what I really, really want. I'll tell you what I want. And he, he does the Spice Girls wannabe meme that we've all been making fun of recently. But then he he shuffles off a few pages as if that was what was, <laughs> you know, all work and no play makes yes. Dave a... <laughs> Don't mind if I do. Uh, I also liked when he said that um, Dave keeps saying that I didn't return his phone calls, but I did. But I was speaking to your manager that wanted me to move the dates for Guardians, move the dates of WrestleMania because it was conflicting with your shooting schedule for Guardians of the Galaxy. And while there is every chance that's not real, Mm. there is every chance that a Hollywood manager would have said that because in a Hollywood manager's mind, wrestling is dumb. You should stay as far away from it as possible. It will damage your career. And they would be like, well, it's just a dumb wrestling show. Move it. Yeah. Can't you just change it to Summerfest? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it was it was a great promo with great content. And it ends with this really money line of Triple H saying, yeah, I'm going to put my career on the line because if I can't beat a no good douchebag like you, Batista, I don't deserve to be in the ring. And that was that's like it's a really hard balance to to strike where you a lot of the stuff you're saying is admitting to heel tendencies, but you come off as such a noble, badass baby face at the end. I, I've got no problems with this segment at all. I, I thought it was really, really great. Uh, then the, we had the payoff, the third part of the Elias promos. He's talking to the camera, saying how great this is. Look at all this money I've made. <laughs> this guitar, guitar case. And someone walks in behind him and takes it all. Yeah, just takes it all. And it's like, it's fine, because I'm going to make more money at WrestleMania. Uh, and then we got the main event, which Dean Ambrose did not even get an entrance for. Drew got his second of the night. Dean got a jobber entrance. Dean got an entrance, didn't he? No, no, it just just cut in straight. He was already in the ring. I thought I could have sworn he got an entrance. I well, in, in my the feed I watched, he he had no entrance. Mm. Um, and there's only eight minutes left of the show. I was like, ah, mm. this is a last man standing match, and you know, immediately go to ad break really, and they just had loads of big spots in a short space of time, which I quite enjoyed. I, I always do tend to like those kinds of matches. I like the, uh, the catapult underneath the ring yeah. uh, into like the, the support structure. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, and the, Drew really brutalized this kendo stick. He yeah. decimated it, <laughs> where he, he broke it over Dean's abdomen and it looked all flaky and, and horrid. Uh, but yeah, in, in the end, uh, Drew drives Ambrose through a table in the corner and then hits a claymore for the win. Yeah. So, cool, okay. Why, how is this better than the last match you had? Like, or, really, you yeah. want to build and peak. And that, the way of Claymoring Dean in the stair rail was so good that I, I just, all of this felt unnecessary to me. Or, or just out of order. And, like, he's already, the, the whole story he was telling is that he, like, you know, beat all three members of the Shield in two weeks. He beat 
Dean uh, did that Claymore kick through the uh, guardrail against Dean and beat up Roman on that same show and then beat Seth the following week. So he's like, well, I've beaten all three members of the Shield in a short space of time. I'm clearly great. It then doesn't really feel like you've accomplished anything by beating Dean again. Mm. Yeah. In a shorter space of time. Well, overall, I thought this was a poor episode of Raw. I thought it was a poor episode of Raw by any any time of the year's standards. It was a particularly poor episode because it's two weeks out from WrestleMania. I'm not going to give it a bore because there was nothing actively damaging on the show. But yeah, really, really second gear stuff. Two weeks out. Yeah, WrestleMania does not feel like it's two weeks away. It really doesn't feel like it's two weeks out. That Like 13 matches, I think, have been announced now. And in, in the back of my head, I feel, well, there's going to be some more matches announced, right? <laughs> like bigger matches. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's quite a lackluster card, but hopefully SmackDown will be good tonight. Indeed. So we have our final round of questions? Uh, Randy Datsun. Uh, so, Tomo, who has donated twice. Hmm. Thank you, Tomo. Says, chances of Stephanie being on commentary for the women's main event since she created women's wrestling. Mm. Not, a, not a bad shout. It's an undeniable fact that she invented women and women's wrestling yeah. four years ago. Remember uh, the, the sterling commentary she did for the Royal Rumble last yeah. year? Yeah. It's every chance that she could. Yeah. There's, yeah. When you say every chance that she could, that's not something you're endorsing. No, absolutely It's just something not. you can see happen. <laughs> yes. Very much yeah. so. Oh, God. What a WrestleMania. Remember last year's WrestleMania was just... You just give up after a while. I'm like, yeah, Sean, sure, Braun's tagging with a 10-year-old kid. Sure, Asuka's streak was just broken. Sure, Nakamura just turned heel. Whatever. Yeah. This year, I think it's going to be, oh, Baron really is wrestling, Kurt. <laughs> oh, Stephanie really is on commentary. Give us another one, Datsum. Um, what are you... This is from CJ Poirier. Uh, Good name. What are your thoughts on WWE somewhat giving up on the brand split? Oh, I don't think they're giving up on the brand split. It's, it's WrestleMania season. Yeah. And they just want to try and get as many people on as many shows to, to hype WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, same guys, but different donation. Uh, do you think WWE should stop calling up NXT superstars for a year or two to properly develop the ones they have, or is it beneficial for the main roster to have a constant influx of new talent? I'll let you go. I think it is beneficial for the roster to be freshened up every now and again. I would like to... Quite did. I would like to see NXT guys just called up one by one every now and again. Like, you know, oh, here's two guys we're going to focus on this year. They're going to come in at particularly distinct times from each other and we'll build them properly. Uh, I, I mean, personally, I feel like Ricochet and Black have already kind of been wasted. It's like first impressions are so important and, and damaging sometimes that I don't think the answer is to to focus on the ones they've already botched because I think that horse might have already bolted. Yeah, I would say that if you are going to do NXT call-ups, don't do 10. 10 in the space of like a month and a half, whatever it was. Just mm. do one and focus on that person and make sure they've got a good six months' worth of storyline and put them into yeah. meaningful feuds. We'll have one more, Randy. Uh, well, we've got one quick uh, RIP to Mustafa, just the name. And... Uh, <laughs> Jordan Davison uh, says, will you ask the guys when the next dance routine at the end of the video will be? Yep, so that's a punishment thing. So uh, we, the loser of Wrestle League at WrestleMania, because that's that's three months of, of pay-per-view predictions we would have done, uh, the person who's lowest out of me, Laurie and Luke, will have to do 
uh, are dancing there. So the week after Mania, maybe two weeks after Mania. Yeah, and there are four more shows for us to predict. So if you are one of our Patreon backers and part of the Wrestle League, there are uh, four shows that we're going to be doing predictions for um, over the next couple of weeks. As Impact United, we stand. There's the Ring of Honor, New Japan, G1 Supercard, uh, NXT TakeOver New York, and WrestleMania. I want to hear about your stag duo. <laughs> so uh, my friend Chris is getting married next month and his stag do plans were for us to all go free camping. Um, free camping? Free camping is where you go camping in places that like you don't take tents or anything with you. You go and you build dens uh, and you sort of like you build where you're going to sleep that night. Oh, wow. Um, him and his friends do it quite a lot. They they love it. The idea is as well that you don't take any technology out with you, apart from an iPod, so you can listen to tunes. And that's the only thing you take with you. That sounds great. I mean, it's something that's very outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I've always admired the the sort of what what who's who's the guy that wrote freaking the, the the philosopher who had a great cabin, content. great content, had a cabin by a lake. <laughs> love this content. And he lived there for <laughs> for ages. Oh god, damn. <laughs> oh, I could have sounded so smart. <laughs> Um, it's a nice idea. Yeah, it's, it's a very American idea. And, right? and I would have loved to have done that. However, he's doing it over WrestleMania weekend where I'm going to be a bit busy. So I couldn't go to it and two of the other groomsmen couldn't go either. So we decided that we would all get together around at his place over this weekend that's just passed. And while we were there, we did some gardening. We put some uh, fencing panels up. We dug some holes and we built a shed. And so was- kind of kind of like going out into the wild. Yeah, it was just a yeah. more backyard version of that absolutely it was a hectic day of lots of gardening uh, i was knackered by the end of it we because we started at about i want to say quarter past eight maybe maybe half past eight mm. and didn't stop until six maybe towards seven because it was like the sun had like lit, the sun was already down by the time wow. we'd actually stopped um and then we stood around the the fire pits that we had that we were built like burning all the old fencing panels in and his old christmas tree um, for a while and just sort of stood there and just stared at it for ages. Like silently? Silently, like every now and again. Very we tired. Very tired. We sort of just, we all hit a wall. <laughs> um, and then we had a barbecue later on uh, nice. that evening. But it was lovely. I had a very nice time. Uh, my mate Dave uh, got us all Cuban cigars uh, to smoke as well. I, I'm not a smoker anymore, but... Um, uh, you know, I thought I would I would join in the festivities and have them. I didn't enjoy it that much. Mm. It was um, it took ages to smoke. A bit gross, made me feel a bit wheezy and a bit woozy, um, and it made me smell yeah. a lot. It's hard to get out that cigar smell. I've uh, so we because we had the fire pit as well, which was obviously very smoky as well because you're burning things, and we were burning that from like say half nine through till when I left, which was close to midnight. We were burning things uh, in that, so good like twelve hours plus. And um, I, my, well, I, I've had to wash my clothes uh, upwards of three times in order to get rid of that smell. As opposed to the normal two times from your usual stench. Yes. David Bowie. Exactly, yeah. Um, in fact, like you might have noticed the last couple of days, I've been wearing a different hat. And that is because the hat that I would usually wear currently stinks of smoke and I've had to wash it. Um, I, I, had, I went through a period of lads' holidays um, where I found great novelty in being able to smoke abroad. Even though I don't smoke, never have smoked, my throat can't take it. Quite asthmatic sometimes. Uh, but I thought, I'm getting cigars are sophisticated. Imagine 20-year-old 
just idiot Ponsoli Davis. Is this the one that got punched? Uh, it was the same <laughs> holiday. Yeah. Yeah, he got punched in the face. <laughs> It's caught on CCTV. To, to my credit, though, I was defending the honour of two you girls. You were. It, you were indeed. A, in a scary situation. <laughs> uh, but the, yeah, I thought, cigars. That's where it's at. And I'd have the cigar. And of course, because like, my friends were a lot like me. They were like, oh, what, what you got there? And we're like, I'm just cigars. And I was playing cool. Like, I knew what the hell I was talking about. These tiny cigars that you get in a cigarette box. So they're yeah. not, yeah, you know the ones I yeah, mean. Yeah. Uh, so we just let them. And we were like, and we were smoking them on the, on, on the balcony, and they just tasted awful. Yeah. But we all just stood there smoking them, going, mm, yeah, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to vomit. It was horrible. I uh, I couldn't join in because I was driving, but uh, they are also, the three of them, um, are all single malt whiskey drinkers as well. Very big into their <sighs> whiskeys, particularly Dave and Chris, and I can't really join in on that mm. because I think the taste of whiskey makes me gag a little bit. Um, and was I w- it the first thing you ever got drunk on? No, no, that would have been hooch. Hooch was the first thing I ever got drunk on. Mm. Um, discontinued now. I don't think they, they can't. I don't think they're legally allowed to sell it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's our time looking like? Well, we've got we've got seventeen minutes left. We're in seventeen minutes, so three minutes left. Okay. But I know everyone's probably screaming this at the at your podcast player of choice. The philosopher is, of course, Henry David Thoreau. Well, of course, there we of go. Of course. Yeah. And uh, I found that <laughs> by googling Lake Philosopher. <laughs> <laughs> it was the it was the first result. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Thoreau, Henry David Thoreau, of course. I'm Henry David Thoreau. I'm Henry David Thoreau. Famous work is Walden because it was by Walden Pond that he built his house and supposedly lived a life off the land despite taking a job. Everyone always overlooks that, that he had a job (laughs) (laughs) while completely living off the land, in air quotes. Uh, This email comes in from John, actually, speaking of the Saturday show, and just because it felt like it was quite uh, relevant to what we were discussing in this episode. Hi, Luke, Ollie, and the others, but certainly not Randy. This may become incredibly outdated if you read this later, but Austin Powers is certainly currently... Culturally relevant now. Yes. I'm 18 years old, born in 2001, and I'm currently doing my A-levels this summer. I've seen all the Austin Powers films countless times, and I love them. I quote the films all the time with my friends, and my girlfriend laughs all the time. Even people I don't know get the jokes. Austin Powers certainly has a cult following from people down a generation from you, chap, so have no fear. Every time you make a billions joke or do it with the Dr. Evil fi- uh, finger, people my age do laugh, and they know where it's from. Cheers from John. Now, I think there's slightly something different there. Just because you have seen them doesn't mean that they are culturally relevance yeah that's so, there's a difference between those two it, because you say cult as well you've got to remember you're someone e- emailing into a online based wrestling show so you're already in a niche <laughs> yeah you're already most likely going to be into the same things we are yeah what, what 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 comedies did you watch and quote that were before your time when you were a teenager because we were very much of stuff that happened at the time. Austin Powers, Anchorman, Dodgeball, um, American Pie. American but that Pie also certainly. came out. I was trying to think was if young. that was before me. Oh yeah, Caddyshack. That was that was before me. Um, so Caddyshack, we used to quote uh, because we thought that was very funny and Porky's. Mm. Um, but yeah, really, when I was at school, we were quoting Wayne's World. And uh, yeah. 
and well. and Austin Powers and American Pie. Yeah, the, the films that you just listed there. But Wayne's World in particular was a, was a big one. Oh, Schwing. That, like, that's another one. Like I, Wayne's World for me. Bill and Ted is another one. Like if you ask me to talk about Bill and Ted, I could talk about that for you know two hours. Same with with Wayne's World. But I don't think they are. There aren't there aren't teenagers now who are watching stand up comedians or comedy shows that are making Wayne's World references as if they are relevant today. Hey, so unless it was a nostalgia based thing. With with our upbringings, sure, I'd agree with you. But now is an age of Netflix and YouTube where people can go back and watch. Maybe all you're these right. Things. Maybe you're right. Look, every, all the main audience for Friends right now. Uh, are that's, kids yeah. who were between 11 and 15 years old. But that's what I... So I would say that Friends is culturally relevant at the moment because it has been rediscovered by a new generation. There aren't BuzzFeed articles mm. about Wayne's World. That's a good point. There aren't BuzzFeed articles about... Um, Austin Powers. Is that when you know when it goes onto a BuzzFeed list? Well, yeah, because they're so starved for content. Like, even like BuzzFeed, who are so starved for content, it will print any Al Bollocks up on their website. If they're not talking about Austin Powers, then there's definitely, it's not culturally relevant. Those in glass houses. Like. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to call the video today? Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Dean Ambrose. <laughs> Dean Ambrose quits WWE. Yeah, we'll go with that one. Again. Again. Uh, right, anyway, that's all we've got time for on this episode of the show. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you if you did take part in our live stream of it. Uh, we'll be doing it again tomorrow for the SmackDown review. So thank you very much to all of those who took part and sent us in your questions. It's a work in progress, so please do stick with us. We love you very much. Thank you for listening. We'll speak to you again tomorrow. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.